Hey, Ranters! It's your girl, Naya, and as Tuli and I told you, this week is going to be, well, the last... The next two weeks are going to be a little crazy. So for those of you who don't know, this is a podcast called Rant Much, a podcast for Black girls that talk too much. Um, And I'm one of your hosts, Naya Pearson. And this week, we are going to talk about a very special topic. Um, So for those of you who know, Tuli and I are both Black women inside of today's society. And we have a very special guest today to talk about what it's like being a woman in society. My dear and amazing and awesome mother, um, Tracy Pearson, is guesting us with her presence today to talk about what it's like being a Black mother in society. So I'm super excited. I hope you guys are just as excited as I am to have this conversation with my mom. Um, Next week, Tuli will be having a similar conversation with her mother in Joburg. So stay tuned for that as well. Anyways, how are you, mom? I'm doing good. It's been a usual busy Monday with (laughs) all of the different um, activities after school that your siblings have. And then Noah started driver's training today. So that was just an additional thing to do on Monday, but I am good. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, I'm the oldest of five siblings. So my mom is talking about my 16 year old brother. Um, For our South African listeners, 15, 16 year olds get to uh, take driver's ed and start preparing themselves for the chapter of adulthood of driving. So he is the third Pearson to now learn how to drive. And this will be as always a fun adventure (laughs) to go on know how fun it will be but it will be an adventure that's for sure but you know um this is not he's not the third person I've taught to drive because remember I had my hand in helping my nieces and nephews and cousins learn how to drive but I'm a little about little out of practice right now (laughs) that's true that's true um okay mom you ready yes I think okay So let's jump right in. So the first question that we're all dying to know about. um, So my mom is actually really young, guys. Like if you see a picture of her, you actually will think she's my sister. And I know people say that to be like, oh my gosh, is that your sister? And like, sometimes they're joking when they say that to people's mothers, like they're just trying to flatter them. No, seriously, my mom is like super, (laughs) super young. Okay, she she was young when she had me. She's still young, (laughs) okay. But what were your ideas of motherhood before becoming a mother? Um, well, I, I'm not so sure that I had realistic ideas um, okay. of motherhood. Um, I was 25 when I had you, me and your dad had been married for four years. So, um, I mean, we had spent time together, married, and I kind of understood married life. But I was, I think, just like a lot of other Um, girls who have the dreams of you want to have a daughter you want to treat them like a baby doll you know do their hair dress them up so you have matching outfits and all of that and I think my idea was kind of like the sitcom uh, parenthood of thinking that I mean I knew everything was not going to be easy 
but I don't think I really understood what it meant um, going through the whole nursing experience, which is very difficult. Um, I mean, it's, you have to be committed to it because in the beginning it is very difficult. Um, Sometimes your milk doesn't come in the way you expect it to. And then when it does come in, it doesn't flow like it's supposed to. And of course, when you have a hungry infant, I mean, they're not interested in, you know, allowing you to relax and allow the milk to just flow. They're just like, hey, I'm hungry. Hurry up. Give it to me. Give it to me. So that was an ordeal. Um, I made it through it. So that was good. And I nursed, you know, you know, I nursed all five of you. So obviously I, I guess I was pretty good at the whole (laughs) nursing process, but just the, you know, having an infant and sleepless nights, then you go into the toddler years and the terrible twos and then a strong-willed child. I mean, you were very strong-willed, several of your Several mm-hmm. of your siblings were strong-willed, but it's, I just think it was difficult having my first child be so strong-willed. And then your dad yeah. and I, I think, treated you kind of like, I mean, we treated you like our daughter, but we always had just regular conversations with you and included you in things. And, you know, we talked about everyday things. And so you were just kind of like this little person um, with us. True. So it was kind of difficult when that little person had thoughts of her own and a mind of her own. And it's like, but you're only three. You don't <laughs> get to make decisions right now. And so it was challenging um, at times. And it was definitely, mm, I guess, different than what I would say what I thought being a mom would be like. And I mean, well, you know, I mean, you were the only child for five years. So yeah. we had the experience of just one child. And then when you start adding more children into the mix, um, it's just very different because I did not realize that although you have two people um, coming together with the same genes and creating life, that every one of those children can possibly be totally different. And as you know, that's our household. I have five very different children and so it was it's just interesting raising five very different people and you have to approach them differently about different things so the things that worked for you didn't necessarily work for dj and then they definitely didn't work for noah so it's just (laughs) kind of like it's constantly learning i don't think when you're a parent i don't think you 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 ever just really have it all together because you're constantly learning because you're dealing with people who are constantly changing and evolving. Yeah, yeah, that's real. But I guess what's interesting is like, so you know I watched the Red Table Talk and mm-hmm. like Jada Pickett-Smith and Will Smith had this episode where they're like, I think our parents didn't realize that you're not raising like a little like, like doll, like you're raising a human and like you have to allow them to be a human like they're your child, but they're humans, which I think is very interesting. Is like, even like you're talking about, is like all five of us are very different. Like we're all very different people. We have similarities, don't get me wrong, but we're all very distinctly different people in how you approach us, which is something that I always like have, well, not always, but like, especially here lately, I've like commended you for is like, wow, we are really different and you really do treat us very differently, which I definitely think like 
has helped each of us digress into like the people that we are, not to say a judgment of whether we're like amazing people or anything. I mean, I personally think we're all pretty dope, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, that I think that is what has helped us be, you know, successful in whatever regard you measure success, you know? Um, so I would say thank you for that. But also, I just think that's really cool. Um, I, did you think you were ready for it? Like, did you, were there ever any regrets? No, I've never had any regrets um, about becoming a mom or having, you know, the number of children that I've had. I've, I've never regretted that. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, I think I was ready for it. Me and your dad were pretty mature. I mean, we got married at 21. We bought our first house, I think at 23. And I mean, I bought my first car when I was like 19. So, yeah, I, I mean, we were mature for our age at the time. And I think we just knew what we wanted. And so I remember, you know, after be being married for four well, yeah, being married for um, three years, because it was at 24 when we were like, I was like, you know what? I'd really like to have a, you know, have a child. Like we should probably start thinking about having kids. And your dad was like, yeah, I mean, we both agreed. It wasn't like a oops or anything. It was like, we yeah. had talked about it, thought about it and felt like we were prepared and, you know, ready. I mean, before we had kids, I know you all, you always remember or hear your cousins talk about it is we were always the house that the kids came to anyway. So yeah, my nieces true. were always over or my younger sister Pookie and Bub were over or, you know, the nephews were over because I just, I loved having kids around. I mean, I loved doing things with them. I loved hanging out with them. And so just a family type person has always been who I was. So yeah. when I was ready to like start my own family, you know, I, I was ready. That's true. Guys, my cousins tell me all the time I ruined the fun house because my mom and dad were literally the fun uncle and aunt that you see on TV who are always like, let's go out to get pizza. Like that was them. And then I came along and they had to be more serious. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, like I was a only child for five years, but like, like my mom says, like I was very included in talking to like adults because that's how my parents talked to me and I grew up around teenagers like middle school and teenagers so I was always around people talking which is probably the reason why I'm so talkative now in my social mm -hmm. skills because <laughs> I came into this world with a bunch of people like you're gonna talk like an adult now <laughs> so with that being said in my strong headedness my strong will do you feel that like having a girl was like different as having like a girl as your firstborn meant anything like important because you know your second kid is is DJ my brother so um you know I I don't think I've ever really thought about that it was a it was a big thing that you know when we started having children that we had you first and then we had DJ because you know Uncle Terry only has girls and yeah. TT only had boys. Yeah. And so it was this thing of, you know, Nani is probably going to be the one that's going to have girls and boys. And yes, yeah. I do. We have three boys and two girls. Sure. And I'm kind of the odd one, you know, from that trio. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was something significant. I wanted a girl. And so, and I told you why I wanted a girl, just because I had the fairy tale dream of, you know, this is my baby doll and 
you know, and it wasn't a conscious uh, yeah. dream, but that was kind of my thing. Like I wanted to have a little girl that I could dress up, I could do her hair and we yeah. could go and do shopping and do all this little girly stuff. And, you know, rain, you rained on my parade because <laughs> you, weren't that girl. you weren't that girl. You know? Guys, I wasn't that. My mom, I like to say my sister came two siblings too late because that is my mom and my sister. And I came in, was like, absolutely not. You are not about to treat me like baby doll I do not want that <laughs> show me to the boy aisle I want the combat boots I was oh my gosh I was so unruly now that I'm older I appreciate it more and I will post a picture of you all when I was younger like when my mom is saying she wanted to dress me up like a baby doll like y'all I was cute I was real, real <laughs> cute. Okay. My cute. hair was laid. My clothes were to the nines. Like, and then people look at me in like elementary and middle school and be like, okay, so what happened? What went wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, she let me make choices. That's what went wrong. <laughs> it just went from bad to worse, y'all. It just was so bad. It was like the strong-willed child became their own person and they made the wrong decision. <laughs> it was just so bad. But I was great. I was still cute. I just I need to have my own individual expression, you know, just a little individual expression. Right. <laughs> but, um, were there things you knew you had to teach me purely because I was a girl or I identify as a girl? I, I think I've kind of um, looked at parenting as far as, I mean, there were things that I knew I wanted to teach, you know, like all of my children. And that's, across the board, whether male or female. Like, you know, I know I wanted you all to be compassionate. I wanted yeah. you to be kind. I wanted you to find a dream and whatever you enjoyed doing and whatever you felt good at or whatever you really felt passionate about, you know, I was gonna support you to the hill. It's like, let's sure. find that thing that you are passionate about and we're gonna ride that dream out because I wanted you guys to find whatever you know, whatever really made you happy so that you could follow that dream through the end to, you know, to grow up to be the person that I knew that you were made for. Yeah. And so, you know, I, there were just, I guess, things that I wanted my children to know, not so much that you were a female or a male. I don't, I don't think I really thought of it that way. I mean, of course, as you've gotten older and of course, as I've gotten older, you know, we talk about relationship stuff. And then of course there are things that, you know, I impart on you that I think are important, you know, as a young woman or things that I think are important because you are a female. But when you were younger, I don't believe that was really my focus. I think my real focus was about helping you guys to be well-rounded, you know, really caring, loving, giving people, like, you know, teaching you to be givers and not takers, you know, in this world and teaching you how to be compassionate and, you know, to want to help people who have less than what we have. You know, that was always a thing of, you know, just letting you know that, you know, you're blessed. The things that you have, you're not entitled to have those things, but God has really blessed you with everything you have, you know, from your good sense to, you know, your personality and everything. Like you are blessed to be the person that you are. Yeah. So I guess going back a little bit, I know like, 
those were the foundational things. And y'all, she's not lying. Like the, these are the foundations of like Naya Pearson that she's talking about quite literally. Like my mom is speaking the truth here. All five of us are, oh, they did a number on us. Okay. Being mean to anyone is not an option in our household. Um, but when, I guess we talk about this often in our house, like puberty happens and it's like the shift happens with all of us, right? Like I don't know, like we go into becoming more of ourselves. We start asking you all these different questions. And as you all as listeners are probably hearing, like my mom and I have this relationship where we can talk about different things, right? So I I always literally, if I have a question or if my friends have a question that I can't answer for them, I'm like, you should talk to my mom. (laughs) And my mom is gracious enough where she's the type, she's the friend in in my friend group, she's the mom, okay? She's everyone's mom. Because then she's like, I can answer that for you. Here you go, here you go, here you go. And they're like, oh my gosh, your mom is so nice. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's because she's not your mom, but that's okay, that's okay. (laughs) I guess when puberty happened, especially, I guess, going back to the fact that like, I was the first pubescent teenager you had <laughs> as your child. Right. What was that experience like? Um, well, that was pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think you may remember, you know, I don't know. I was always like this forward thinking parent uh, looking online or reading magazines. I don't know if you remember when you were little, I used to get the parenting magazines. I was just big on reading stuff, you know, like I knew that I didn't know what to do. And so I was not one of those parents that was like, well, you know, I'm just going to do what my parents did. Or even, you know, just thinking that I knew it because I knew I didn't. I just automatically knew that, okay, I don't know anything about being a parent. So I'm going to get all these parenting books. I'm going to read all this stuff and I'm going to take the things that seem to make sense and seem like they would work, you know, for my child. And so when puberty hit, I mean, it was it was like an eye opener, but I I don't know if you would agree with this. I think I've gotten better. I do believe I've gotten better as I've had as I've gone through puberty with more people, you know, more children and I've become less stringent and I've become more of a listener and being more of, you know, kind of like, okay, let's figure out what's going on and try to. Um, try to resolve the issue as opposed to being a dictator and saying, I do think that with you, um, I was probably more of that dictator, old school parent, like, hey, this is how it's going to be. And this is what you have to do. Although I did (laughs) listen and I did, you know, go through my books and I've, you know, I've always been one for Uh, trying to problem solve and not just sticking to the script of it has to be this way. But I think I've become much more open and much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just open to different solutions, you know, with your, your younger siblings, because I realized that we live in a very different society than when I grew up. And so I do think that um, originally I wasn't taking that into consideration that there are a lot of things that are different and the things that children are exposed to, or even, you know, their thought process. It's like, okay, when I was coming up, it was okay for my parents to say, no, you can't do that. And it's just because I told you so, because 
we didn't have, or at least I didn't have this outer aspect of, or I didn't even have the desire to say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go and try it and see, you That's know, true. just because I want to do it. I, I wasn't that type of personality. And I, I've been smart enough to know that that tactic wouldn't work with any of my kids. Because number one, because I've kind of raised you guys to be thinkers. I've raised you to express how you feel. And I've raised you to, okay, let's, let's have a conversation about it. If you don't like something, you know, that I said, now, sometimes we're not going to have a discussion because some things you're just going to have to do it. And it's not anything we're going to discuss. However, there are other things, you know, tell me what you think about it. Tell me why you feel that way. And maybe we can compromise. So the the caveat to that is, is that when you raise your children to be thinkers and raise them to think outside of the box, you have to understand that they're just not going to go with, well, I told you to do it just because I said so, because you've taught them to, you know, problem solve and think outside of, it's just because I told you so. Yeah, that doesn't work. (laughs) So yeah, it, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. And then also one thing that I remember we did, we did with you and DJ. I actually, I haven't done it with um, the the three younger ones is remember when we were having um, issues with you and your pubescent self and the attitude and you didn't want to do certain stuff. We came up with a contract. Oh, yeah. uh, oh my gosh. I forgot <laughs> about that. Y'all. I, okay. But here's the thing. I was so bad. Like looking back, I was so bad. Like dear Lord. Y'all when she says I'm strong willed, who baby, I, I couldn't have been my mother. Okay. I would have killed me. I would have killed me. Like I was bad. And it wasn't like I was intentionally bad. I just, anyone who knows me when I get upset now it kind of still comes out like I don't listen I just don't listen I just get annoyed and I get frustrated and then my mom she's my mother y'all like I, I probably got it from my mom like it just doesn't work when she's irritated and I'm irritated it's like two bulls attacking each other and it just it never ended well and as the child it's never going to end well for you like it's just not so it was just a mess do you remember that conversation that we had when I told you about how, you know what, you can keep fighting with me if you want to, but the reality is you're going to need me before I'm really going to need you? Bro, I told, <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that conversation. I quoted it in my freshman year of college. All of my classmates are like, oh my gosh, why would your mother say that? I was like, she's black, y'all. She's black. In case you had any questions, she a black mama in America. She ain't playing with me. I was a mess. And it was true. Like she said that to me and y'all, it was like, I don't know. It was like bells went off in my head. And I was like, dang, she's so right. Like I saw my life flash before my eyes. Like I saw my wedding. I saw my funeral. Like I don't know what, what it was, but I was just like, she's so right. I don't even know what I was mad about, y'all. I just remember that she said that. Who knows? You were always mad about always. something. Always. Oh my gosh. I have, you know, I have those <laughs> junior high papers that you wrote. Remember Miss Sam's like gave you a critique on one of your essays and she was just basically telling you like, you know what? you really have a good life, but you are just so upset about it. And you think your parents are doing you wrong. Do you know how many children do? Oh my gosh, you were so into yourself. And um, at that, 
in that adolescent stage. Y'all, you you I were don't just kind of like what the paper was about. I don't. Even oh, remember. I have it. You know, I <laughs> all those things. I have it because I thought that was the craziest thing. That in her in her critique to you, she was basically telling you like, little girl, you need to check yourself. Bro, I've always had a lot of attitude and a loud voice, and sometimes I haven't known how to properly express it. Okay, but younger me, younger me was crazy. Okay, she was wild, y'all. Living to like 18, she was wilding. Okay, she was wilding. <laughs> so, and mom's not lying. Like, she literally does have papers upon papers of like our old school things, like old arts and crafts. Like, we're very sentimental as a family. I'm just going to give you guys that. <laughs> uh, but I don't remember the contract, but I do you remember, remember you putting me in like mean girl class. I do remember that. Yeah, so the contract was basically, it was for these offenses, these are the consequences. This is the expectation. There was a list of expectations. And then there was a list of, you know, because there were specific things that we were having problems with you on. I mean, like doing your piano lessons, doing your voice lessons. I mean, you wanted to sing, you wanted to play piano, but you didn't want to commit to doing the work. And so that was, it was like a struggle. And I just got tired of the struggle of fighting over it. And, you know, I'm just one for let's put it on paper and let's sign because your word is bond. And so if you sign your name on here, you're agreeing to this and then I can hold you to it because I can pull it out and say, hey, on this date, this is what we agreed to. You've done this offense and now this is the consequence for it. And you knew that that was going to be the consequence for it because we wrote it down. That's so it I mean, it actually worked. It really did. It worked for you and it worked for DJ because it gave you some clear expectations. I can't believe you don't you don't remember that. No, I don't. I Like I said, like, I remember, I do remember not wanting to rehearse. Like, I do remember not wanting to practice. And I do remember at some point, like, I, I remember when we had conflict, you were very, it would take a while. Like, it would take a minute before we found solutions, but you always found them. Like, when I didn't want to wear skirts to church, you took me to Sears and said, pick out any pair of pants, but they bet, better be ironed. And these are the only ones you better be wearing to church. And I don't want to hear anything out of you Sunday mornings when you're complaining about this and that other because I already fixed this problem. So I do remember that. But like, I, and I remember talking back type thing or our code word of me being like, mom, I really need to talk to my girlfriend, not my mom right now. Like, right. I remember that. Like, we did have a yeah. code word there. Y'all, I know some of y'all are listening like, what the heck? She did what? That was a cold word? Yes, that's what type of family we are, okay? Like even my brother, like, and there were rules to that, right? So there were rules to that as well as like, as your mom, there are certain things that I'm not gonna have a conversation with you about. Like there are certain things we're not going to be trying to have an agreement on. And even still to this day, like my 17 year old brother, like he'll get in trouble because my mom is like, we're not having this conversation. Now, when she's not mad anymore, that's the thing you gotta learn about my mom or just people in general. In the heat of the moment, that may not be the time to talk about it, but once it's not as heated, maybe then you can have a conversation about why you feel the way you do. And then maybe we both can see separate sides. But I will agree, you were definitely more a dictator with me because there were times where 
I couldn't even have that conversation. But I, right. in hindsight, I recognized right. that wasn't, you weren't willing to, I didn't know how to talk to people. That was right. definitely a me thing. Like I right. would still be just as attacking and defensive when yes. I tried to talk when you were calm and I still wouldn't get what I wanted because I just didn't know how to talk to people, y'all. Like right. I was right. so angry all the time. And people will tell you, my mentors, my teachers, like coaches will tell you, I was just so angry between middle school and high school. And I'm sure we will get into that a whole nother episode of like why I was in some an emotional uproar outside of, you know, just everyday puberty and, you know, all right. the adolescent changes. And like, my life was turmoil during middle school and high school, but I was just angry at the world. I was angry at myself. I was angry at my parents. Like I was just angry at everybody. So right. in all fairness, like I understand why I wasn't able to actually monitor my emotions and talk to people, but it didn't make my life any easier. It just made it worse. <laughs> right. And I think I would have to say that, like you said, I was more of a dictator and I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten better as far as being able to listen more. I mean, of course, we went through counseling and that helped me um, with being able to listen. But of course, when you practiced it more and then, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, your other siblings, your four siblings are all very different. Yeah. And so the way I communicate with each of them, I have really had to learn how to communicate with them because they are so different. And so in doing that, when you make that type of accommodation of communicating with different people in different ways to learn how to you know live harmoniously with them and to be able to help them through whatever you know whatever turmoil or whatever issue they're dealing with it helps you to be a better communicator all around because you start seeing that maybe some of the things you've done before didn't really work yeah that's true yeah you know, because I think even the way you and I communicate now is better than we did probably 10 years ago, obviously. That's true too, which could also be time and could also mm-hmm. be like, I want to, I will say when I came back from school, like we even communicated differently. We had to, like right. I had been right. on my own for so long and now I had to relearn all of these different things. Um, so I guess looking at all five of us, is there anything that you would change about your journey as a mother? and the places you feel that you could do better. But I guess the first part is, uh, is there anything you feel like you would change about your journey? Um, I guess like I, I don't know if I said this before, but I, I probably wouldn't have been so stringent, you know, with things. Cause I, I realized that I think part of the reason why you are such a perfectionist and, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of like a B isn't good enough. It has to be an A. I think part of that, I may have placed that on you, like just in education and, you know, you want to be the A student and you want to do your best and you always want to do your best. I think I probably didn't say enough that, you know, you want to do your best, but if your best isn't a hundred, isn't a 100 grade, it's still okay. As long as you did your best. I think I may have been too stringent and um, 
too hard on the perfection thing. And I don't even think I realized it because that's something in my personality um, that I just don't think I realized when you were growing up, just wanting things to be perfect. I mean, and it's just like when I help Nathan now with work, it's still the same thing. It's like, you know, he's working on cursive and I'm like, that's just not, that's sloppy. You need to redo it. But I've gotten better um better with him um but I don't think I had that that I I don't know I didn't really have that ability when you were younger it was kind of like it had to be this way it had to be right yeah and I think that kind of carries over into other parts of your life when you know sure it's just homework but I think just that attitude of needing things to be perfect it's an attitude. It's not just working on homework. It's you kind of carry that attitude into other parts of your life. Like, you know, the house has to be neat. It has to be perfect. This, you know, things have to be a certain way. And I know that's still kind of my personality now, but I think that's something I would have changed in my parenting because that does carry over into parenting that, you know, things have to be a certain way all the time. That's real. Do you think you got that from your parents? No, I'm not sure. I don't, you know, I don't ever remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if that's just part of my personality trait. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. My mom and I are both type A's, but the thing about type A personalities, for those of you who don't know, also, my mom is referencing my brother, Nathan. He's nine. He's the youngest of the five of us. So just to give you reference point, the 22-year-old speaking on the mic right now is the oldest, and then the nine-year-old is the baby of the family. Uh, And he's, you know, the typical little, you know, male child running around the house, messing up everything, not wanting to do schoolwork. Um, so yeah, sometimes his cursive and his math problems and his English is like not a one all the time, y'all. And he he doesn't have the patience really to sit there and work through it in the middle of COVID uh, homeschooling style, um, which is why we're always on his head and school has not been his favorite thing lately. Um, mm-hmm. But he, I mean, he's, he's figuring it out. But yeah, both me and my mom have very type A personalities. And I think part of why we sometimes I think butt heads is because like living with my mom, she does like everything a certain way. And we all know this, like all five of us know this, like dishes have to be a certain way. Vacuuming has to be a certain way. And it used to drive me nuts. And what's crazy is like when I graduated from high school and went off to college, <laughs> there was a point where I was like, thank you so much, mom, for making me do everything the way you want it. And I may not do it exactly up to your par, but I actually know how to clean. Like I know people who don't know how to clean my age. And that just blows my mind. Like <laughs> there is, there's a time and a place for the perfectionism. And like my mom said, like, it's definitely something I'm still working on. Right. Um, but even still, at least I know how to do some things, you know, like my mother equipped me with success, y'all, like she did. <laughs> it may not be the most healthy way sometimes, but I did it. And that is what matters. Okay. Um, so are there any places that you currently feel that you could do better? I could do better. And as far as being a mom? Mm-hmm. Or uh, being a mom, being a woman who has children? Um, I guess as far as being a mom, I am just constantly trying to learn how to listen. Okay. 
without judgment, hmm. you know, because, you know, a lot of you, you know, you guys are growing up and you have your own opinions, you have your own political views, you even have your own religious views. And so I am hmm. learning. Um, so I don't, I don't think I have this mastered yet, but I am <laughs> learning how to listen and, you know, not, not, not be judgmental and not even try to assert my beliefs or my thoughts, but just allow you to have your freedom of expression and freedom of thought of who you are. Yeah. I'll definitely say as I've gotten older, I've, I've realized that as well as like, we may not see eye to eye on some things, but it's nice to see like my mom as like Tracy, the person, and then like, there's my mom you know like I will definitely say that's always been dope to like realize the difference between the two is like your perception of your parents is one thing but like when you get older and realize that there are people too that's a whole nother dynamic man just a whole nother dynamic right um did you have that moment with your parents um I think so um, I think it was later on in life, mm -hmm. though, not in my 20s, but I think kind of in my 30s as I was, you know, experiencing, you know, some of the turmoils of life and different things. I look back on some of the experiences that my parents had or, you know, some of the things that I had been judgmental about in their marriage or their life. And it just became real that, you know what, they're people just like you are. It's like, and they've made mistakes just like you've made mistakes. And it's like, you know what, your your parents are not these flawless beings. Yeah. That's so, yeah, I guess I would say, yes, I had that revelation as well. Awesome. Okay, so last talking point for our conversation. You made it, Ma, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> what has been the greatest joy about being the mom of a girl child? Um, I think the greatest joy has been just watching my daughters grow up and become young women mm -hmm. um, and just become beautiful women, not just physically but emotionally and just the people the you know the people inside they you know you are caring you are oh my gosh you know it's like I it's the it's like you I remember hearing you say on the podcast like you know I would want to be Tracy's friend you know I think about if I were in my 20s right now I would want to be friends with Naya <laughs> because Naya is compassionate. Naya goes hard for her friends. She is like so loyal. I mean, I have to say, sometimes I'm like, mm, she's a little too loyal with her friends. <laughs> but okay. if I were your friend, I would want to be your friend because you want ride or die friends like that. And I'm like, Naya is a ride or die friend and she goes hard for her friends. You know, and then you're just, you're passionate about what you enjoy and what you want to do. So I just, I don't know. I just, I feel really proud to have been a part of watching you grow. I mean, and Dinah is 13, but even watching her grow, it's like, you know, I look at you guys and I'm like, you know, I see little snippets of me when I was younger, but I swear, it's just like I tell you guys all the time. 
I feel like you guys are miles ahead of where I was when I was at your age. Just, you know, the way you carry yourself, your self-confidence. I mean, just being articulate and speaking. I mean, you having a podcast, you know, you singing and going on stage in front of people. It's like, oh my gosh, I look at you guys and I'm like, are these really my children? (laughs) She does ask that often, guys. She really does ask that. I'm like, I was never that, um, I don't know, just never that outgoing and never that confident. I don't ever recall being as confident as you guys are in just your being and who you are. And it's, it's really just beautiful to watch, you know, as a parent, I have to say. Oh, thank you, mommy. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I actually have one last follow-up question that you actually just like pinged into my head. When you were younger, if you could say like one thing to your younger self, say it be like 25-year-old you at the beginning of your motherhood journey, what would you say to that version of yourself? Um, mm, you, you hit me with a hard question at the end. Sorry. <laughs> um, I guess I would probably say to myself, um, be more affectionate, you know, just show your children how much you care about them and how much you value them as people. You know, just let them know that they are beautiful and okay just in their bodies of who they are. Like, you don't have to be anybody else. You don't have to try to be anybody else. You don't have to try to live up to an image on TV. You don't have to try and live up to an image of what other people in society say, but you are beautiful in your own right. Just who you are. God created you perfect. And however you are, however you look, however you walk, however you talk, um, you are a beautiful person. And to just teach them to really have self-worth and self-love, I think that that would have been really important to tell me at that age, to really teach your kids how to value themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That was great. And that's a great way to end out. Thanks, Ma. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Those okay, golden I nuggets, hope, y'all. I hope I did. I, I hope I did good tonight. You did great. <laughs> this is awesome. You killed it. Heck yeah. Oh. Guys, I don't get to like, me and my brother always say that like when we get to perform on stage together, like it's like a dynamite moment because we're five years apart and it's very rare that that happens. And we hope when we both get all big and famous that it happens more often. But like, it's like being on stage with my mom. This is dope. This is awesome for me. <laughs> this never happens. <laughs> my mom, no, she doesn't really do this. So thank you, mom. We really appreciate it so, so You're much. You're welcome. Thank um, you for having me, Naya. Of course, of course. So guys, as I said at the beginning of this episode, this is just a 
first part of a two-part series um, of, of the X-Files um, Black Woman Edition here on Rant Much. And if you aren't already following us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, at RantMuch underscore podcast. And next week, we will be having a conversation with Tuli and her mom in Joburg. So stay tuned for that. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I can't wait to hear what your comments are on this episode. Bye guys. Bye. You did great, Mom. Stop, stop to the hard TikTok, get on. Stop, stop, stop.